Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, good morning. Welcome again to the Father's House. What a great day to be in the house, right? Man, that worship was so amazing. Thank you, Jennifer and team, for leading us into the presence of God. So, so amazing. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Andrea, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Father's House, and I am so excited to bring the word to you today. It's going to be a great day, and um, I just kind of want to review a little bit in case uh, you've missed the last couple of weeks. We started two weeks ago a series called Dreams that we're in now. This is the third week, and um, we have been talking about dreams. Now, not dreams like you have a dream at night, like you wake up and you go, what in the world was that? That was weird. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you just are like, uh, that was, that was very strange. <laughs> We're not talking about those kind of dreams. We're talking about um, when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a vision. Pastor Terry said on week one, a dream is a God-given projected destiny. It's a, a dream is a God-given projected destiny. So it's not something that you just feel like you want to do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a dream or a vision that God has given you for purpose and destiny. So we're going to be talking all throughout this series about some um, people in the Bible who God gave a dream to or God gave a vision to, a purpose, a destiny. And um, last week, Pastor Terry talked about Joseph. So in case you don't really know the story of Joseph or, or his life and what happened in his life, I'm just going to give you a very um, Reader's Digest version of uh, Joseph's life. But you can find his story in Genesis, and I really encourage you to go um, look it up in Genesis and read his, his story in its entirety because um, you'll really get a lot, of, a lot of stuff out of it. But Joseph, when he was very young, um, he was hated by his brothers. Anyone in here that have uh, brothers and sisters that um, you, not that you were hated by them, but, <laughs> but that you maybe were the favorite or one of your other brothers or sisters was the favorite and it was kind of annoying? Is anyone like, okay, moms and dads, like we don't have favorites. No, I'm just kidding. No, but some of us have actually experienced that, and Joseph experienced that, but some of it was his own doing, right? So he was the favorite of the family, um, so much so that his father gave him a Gucci coat, a really special Gucci coat, and he, you know, wore that around everywhere, and of course, you know, every time he'd come around, his brothers are like, oh gosh, here he comes with that stupid Gucci coat, you know? So um, his brothers uh, decided that they were going to plot out to kill him because he told them a dream that he had that um, God had given the, him this vision that basically what it meant was that his brothers were going to bow down before him. That would probably be a little bit annoying that my 17-year-old brother came to me and, and said, oh God, look, listen to what God said that's going to happen. You're going to bow down before me. I'd be like, yeah, right. I'm not bowing down before you, right? But God did give him that dream. 
he actually gave him a second dream that his whole entire family would bow down before him. So because they were already annoyed with their brother and they hated him, they plotted to kill him. Now, they decided that that seems a little bit harsh, so maybe we don't want to go all the way through it and kill him, actually. So they decided that they were going to sell him into slavery. So they um, sold him into Egyptian slavery. Uh, then he... Um, Gosh, there's so much, and I, I can't go into it all, but uh, basically, um, he, he grows up a little bit, he, he gets into a, a leadership position, and then uh, Pastor Terry, as he, as he described her last week, that she was the original Egyptian cougar, um, she was coming after him, and he was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that, so um, he, she actually grabbed, grabbed him, and he ran like crazy, leaving his coat behind, she accused him of rape, and all of that, so he gets sent to prison. And then what happens is that finally the, the dream is, is progressing into that one day the brothers are going to stand before him and bow down. And when we get to Genesis 42 verse 21, this is where the brothers are actually standing before Joseph when he is in the position of power. He's actually second in command. And it says, speaking among themselves, which this is the brothers, Clearly, we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy, Reuben asked, but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. Of course, they didn't know that Joseph understood them. They thought that, they, that Joseph didn't speak their language because they didn't recognize who he was for he had been speaking to them through an interpreter and verse 24 where I want us to land today and talk about is now he turned away from them and began to weep father I'm asking that you would just illuminate your word in our hearts father that you would speak directly to us for wherever we're at for whatever we need father that you would um, speak that we may grow and that we may be transformed from the inside out because of your word and in jesus name i pray amen so verse 24 says now he turned away joseph now he turned away from them and began to weep what i want to ask you today is how do we keep a right heart when things don't go our way how do we keep a right heart? How do we keep it soft um, when things are done that are wrong to us? Um, in the midst of this God-given projected destiny, this God-given dream um, that he gave us. Well, first I want you to know that it's your responsibility to keep your heart soft. It's God's responsibility to turn a stony heart into flesh, to turn a heart that is, that is completely hardened into a soft heart, but it's yours and it's my responsibility to keep it soft, right? Um, so when we read this passage, my first question in reading this is, how in the world did Joseph get to a place where he had such a soft, compassionate heart towards his brothers when they came before him? I mean, these are brothers that plotted to kill him. They sold him into slavery. They, they um, essentially, because of what they did to him, the ripple effects uh, landed him in prison, right? How did he keep his heart right in the moment where he could have easily used his power and position to seek revenge on his brothers for what they had done to him? 
How did he keep his heart right when he was thrown into prison for doing the right thing? He didn't even do anything wrong. He actually did the right thing and still got thrown into prison for it. Now, the Bible doesn't actually give us insight into Joseph's day-to-day spiritual growth. But we do see the fruit and the fruition of the dream that could have only come from some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And the first thing, I'm going to give you four things that you can do to keep your heart right, to keep your heart soft. And the first one that we're going to talk about, if you, if you skip over number one, two, three, and four won't happen. We have to get a revelation of step number one that I'm getting ready to say. If we don't get a revelation, we don't grab onto it, if we don't run with it, two, three, and four, and whatever, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on is, is never going to happen. And that number one point is we have to seek God continually. The key word being continually. We don't just seek, seek God one time in our life. We don't just seek God in, in the area of I, I'm needing a savior, I'm needing salvation, and then we just do whatever. No, we seek God continually. First Chronicles 16.11 says, search for the Lord in his strength. Continually seek him. Joseph It's no, when you read his story, you realize that he experienced a lot of trials in life, a lot of trials in life. He was, again, he was sold into slavery, thrown into prison. Um, But what I want to ask you today and what I want you to think about is when you experience trials, where do you turn for strength, for guidance, or for the right perspective? Where do you turn? Do you turn to social media? Do you turn to a friend? Do you turn to a coworker? Or do you turn to God and seek him continually? See, if I'm not seeking him continually, how can I trust when things go sideways? How can I trust when I don't understand what he's doing? How can I trust him? We need to continually seek him and cultivate our relationship with God and not just in the hard times. See, actually, when we, when we continually seek him, it sets us up to, be, to trust him even more in the hard times. Like that song that we, that, that we sang, that he is faithful. Well, I only know he's faithful through a healthy relationship with him. I only know that he is good because I've spent time with him. I only know that he is who he says he is all of the time because he's proven himself to me because I have a relationship with him. When God gives you a dream, I, 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 want, I want you to catch this. When God gives you a dream, he will also work in your life in the preparation for the fulfillment of that dream or that purpose or that plan that he has for your life. I don't know where we get the idea that as soon as God gives a dream, it's just going to happen. I actually do know a place where that comes from, and I believe it's social media. There's this thing that um, I'm sure you've heard the phrase before, but uh, highlight reels. How many people do you know that post the bad stuff? When you, okay, so when you see a picture of a mother and her three little kids, and they're just smiling from ear to ear, let me tell you something. That's not the first photo they took. That's the 567th photo that they took right? Probably a little bit of threatening and all of that kind of stuff, trying to get them to calm down, sit down, smile, look at the camera, all of those things. Well, it's the same, same thing with our, with our entire life. 
you know, and, but, but the problem is, is when we look at those things, we can tend to compare ourselves to someone else's highlight reel on social media. And we look at the success they have, and we're like, oh, that just, that just happened. It just happened, or it just happened overnight. But you have no idea what that person has gone through to get to that point of the success that they're posting. So we have to be really careful that we recognize and we realize that when God gives us a dream, there's work to do. There's work to be done in us, and there's work for us to do. We partner with God in this dream or this vision. Now, just because God gives a dream or a promise, it doesn't mean that he isn't going to work in your life to prepare you for the reception of that promise. God gives it, and then he prepares you for the reception of it. Our God would not be a good God if he just said, here's a dream, go walk out and do it. And you have no idea what you're doing. You have no knowledge. You have no skill. You have no resources. You have nothing. That wouldn't be a good God. No, what he does is he gives you and he gives me a dream or a vision, a God-given destiny, and then I go, okay, God, if you said it, I'm going to do it. Don't know how, but I know that you're going to come through because he's good, right? In every trial, there's an opportunity for growth, but are you seeking God for the right perspective in it? Oftentimes, we want to skip all of the character-building stuff. Growth means stretching, and often pain comes with stretching. I know this is a really encouraging message today. But see, our greatest trials may be the soil, may, may be the soil into which our greatest blessings are planted. We got to have God's perspective. And when we have God's perspective, the opportunity is that our greatest trials may be the soil into which our greatest blessings are planted. While there may be countless reasons why God allows us to go through trials, I want to give you just a few of what I have seen or I have experienced in my own life of maybe reasons why he allows us to. And I'm telling you these things, and I want you to jot them down. They're not going to be up on the screen. I'm going to say them a couple times so, you, so that you get them. But I'm, I'm telling you to write it down, and here's the why. Because a trial is coming. A storm is coming. Something is coming, and you need something that you can look back on and that you can bank on of who your God is and what you, something that you can declare to get you through that trial. So, so some, some of the reasons might be, um, well, this isn't a might. This is a, a, a definite. He has a divine purpose unknown to us. Oftentimes, it's a divine purpose that is just unknown to us. He'll use the trial to teach us. He'll use the trial to strengthen us. He'll use the trial to increase our faith. He'll use the trial to draw us closer to him. So it's a divine purpose unknown to us. Teach us, strengthen us, increase our faith, and grow us close, draw us closer to him. Now on the flip side of that, I want to ask you a different question, and I I really highly doubt you've ever thought about this question. And that question is this. When you're successful, where do you turn? When you're successful, where do you turn? Because when you're in trouble and your back's against the wall, you know you need help. But did you know that success has corrupted more individuals than hardship ever has? 
It's prosperity that often causes people to lose sight of their God-given vision or to attempt to bring it to pass through their own natural ability. Through Joseph's example, we actually can see the importance of seeking God even more when things are going well. Prosperity and success will test your character infinitely more than hardship ever will. Even with extreme wealth and power at his disposal, for Joseph to respond to his brothers the way he did, he could have only come to that sort of a response or reaction from his consistency in seeking the Lord. You can't tell me any different. He had to have been seeking the Lord. He had to have been seeking the Lord for a right perspective. Just that alone would have helped him, right? So we've got to seek God continually. And number two, we have to maintain a heart of gratitude and praise. Seek God continually and maintain a heart of gratitude and praise. These are a couple of ways that we can, we can assure that our heart is going to stay soft. Colossians 3 says, Let the teaching of Christ live inside you richly. Use all wisdom to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Everything you say and everything you do should be done for Jesus your Lord. And in just a few things that you do, give thanks to God. Sometimes when you feel like it, give thanks to God. Sometimes when you think about it, give thanks to God. No? That's not what it says? No. It says, and in all you do, give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. And Isaiah 25, 1 says, O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. See, this um, heart of gratitude and praise is a choice. I don't wait for the right song. I don't wait for the right environment before I praise his name. I praise his name because he's good. Period. Period. That's it. End of story. I praise him because he's good. He's good. My circumstances not, may not be what I'd like, but that doesn't mean that my God isn't good. It doesn't change his character. See, it's not what I do. It's actually who I am. And just because I'm the worship pastor and I stand up here and I sing, I'm not saying that for myself. Because you were created that way too. It's who you are because you were created in the image of God. You, you, in the very DNA is gratitude and praise. In the very depths of who you are, it's there. You may say, well, I'm not a singer. I don't care. You don't have to be a singer. You don't have to sing on key. You do have to clap on beat though. Just kidding. But no, it's, it's who I am. I just praise him because he's good. See, sometimes we can have the wrong perspective that we think that praise is a happy, clappy song that we sing on Sunday for 30 minutes before the teaching. That's not what praise is. Or we might think that praise is what the people on the stage do or that praise is music alone. It's not. It's a life lived before a good God that is continually thankful to him for who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. That's what praise is. So we've got to seek, him, seek God continually, maintain a heart of gratitude and praise, and number three is allow God 
to promote you. You have to allow God to promote you. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. That goes to what you spoke this morning, Jennifer. It's in his timing. It's the proper time. Who gets to give the definition of proper time? It's not you and it's not me, even though we would like to, right? It's him. He decides what the proper time, because he sees the end from the beginning. You only see a very small fraction. If he showed it all to you, you'd be super scared. He just gives you what you need to know right now, right? See, when it's not up to me, I don't become puffed up or arrogant in self-made success. When I allow him to promote me, when I'm not forcing to be promoted, I won't become puffed up or arrogant in self-made success because the moment I become puffed up and arrogant is the moment I move into self-made success. See, pride and a soft heart can't exist together. They just don't. Joseph didn't promote himself. God did. And we see this in Genesis 39, verses 21 through 23. Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I love how even the the warden of the prison recognized that the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, he had no questions. It, It says that he didn't even question anything. He didn't even look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Joseph said it and that's what it was. And he was a prisoner. Doesn't that like blow your mind? Like, who is he? He's in shackles too. Like, you know, that's, isn't, that, isn't that kind of like weird when you think about it? But because the Lord was with him. And can I tell you that the only way that he would have recognized that the Lord was with him is because he was continually seeking him? We're going back to point number one. Because he was continually seeking him, that was known. I, I could imagine that everywhere Joseph went, it was just like, I sense the presence of God. I sense the presence of God. Man, I want to be like that. When I pass by somebody and they're just, even, even somebody who doesn't really even know God. But see, what we have to learn from this is that we've got to be a good steward where we're at. And then God will promote us. Sometimes there's some tests we've got to take. Sometimes there's some trials that we have to go through. And let me just tell you, if you don't pass the test, you're going to go through it again. Anybody else been there besides me? Am I alone in the room? No. Good. And everyone else that didn't have your hand up, you're just sitting there lying. It's okay. No, but when we don't, when we don't progress in our character development and um, uh, uh, are growing in, in the things of God, he's not going to promote us. Because you know what will happen if he did? It would be the demise of us. We wouldn't be able to, it would, wouldn't be able to be sustainable. 
we would get to, you know, that's why I really believe that when you see a lot of uh, celebrities who aren't grounded in the word, who they just fall flat on their face because they get to this point and this platform where there's so much that they can't handle it. They can't handle the weight of it. They're taking all the glory for themselves when glory was only supposed to be given to God. I want to invite somebody to the stage um, this morning because I want you to hear from her. She is actually right now in the middle of a dream and a vision that God has given her. And she, I really believe that the reason why um, she has been promoted um, in everything that she has done because she's done the best that she knows how to be a good steward in everything that God has put in front of her. I want you to welcome Hannah to the stage. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to answer some of your questions, some of your question that you've been asking yourself or people around you for weeks, maybe months, maybe even years. Yes, we are related. This is my sister. Um, she's my older sister. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She is my daughter. Um, and uh, just super proud of her, and I'm so excited for her to tell you um, everything that is going on in her life right now because um, none of this is to boast who Hannah is. It is, I, can I just tell you that I literally am in this, almost like this cloud that I am so in awe of who God is because of what he is doing. So Hannah, um, before we get into actually what you're doing right this moment. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about what happened, where you were at when God gave you a vision for what you were going, going to do? So first of all, I'm 22. Um, I'm a salon owner and a hairstylist. And um, at first, I honestly didn't even really want to do anything with hair. Um, it was always more makeup. Um, that's what I was into since I was, what, like 13. And um, so I always wanted to be in the beauty industry. I just didn't know what that looked like. Um, but one day, um, Raylan, Pastor Terry's granddaughter, she was here, and she was talking about going with YWAM, um, going to, like, Thailand and Australia and stuff like that. On going the mission field. On the mission field. Mm -hmm, going to share God's word. And she's the same age as me, and we, you know, grew up together and stuff and so I'm just sitting there thinking what am I doing going to cosmetology school like I'm there's I'm not going to spread God's word like that I mean she's over here going off into other countries and doing it and um in that instant I got a vision that I was behind the chair speaking into broken women and lifting them up and so that's kind of where it all started so you didn't because you you did say that you are now a salon owner. Um, that didn't happen overnight. No. <laughs> right? Um, you were in several other salons. You've um, grown. You've um, sought out education, you know, and, and all of those things. But once, um, once the opportunity was put in front of you to own your own salon, 
um, you just jumped right in and to a space and everything went smoothly, right? No, it definitely did not. Um, and actually, at first, I thought that it wasn't from God because everything that I was trying to do, everything got turned down. Everything got denied. Um, so I just didn't think it wasn't from God. I thought it was not what I was supposed to do. Um, I offered her, you know, a deal or whatever. She didn't take that. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to force it. Apparently it's just not for me. So how did you keep your, because at first, you know, you were so excited about it and then it was like, God just shut the door. Um, I actually prayed for that. Not that you would succeed, but um, I actually prayed that God would shut the door so much so that she couldn't even pry it open if it wasn't from him. Um, you know, because we can, we can push things and we can, we can do things in our own strength and our own ability. But I, for her, I, I wanted it to be from God. So um, I just began to pray that God shut the door so she can't even pry it open, that it would be a, there, there's, there's no doing this. Um, but how did you keep your heart right when you were so excited? I mean, <laughs> we were up until 2 a.m. One, one day that we were um, trying to come up with a name. Um, and this was even before we didn't even, you didn't even say that uh, you were actually going to pursue it, but yeah. we just started dreaming one night and um, came up with the salon name, which is? Main Vibe Salon & Co. Main, M-A-N-E. Yes. Play on words. <laughs> um, so, and then like coming up with a graphic, you know, and, and, all, and all of that kind of stuff. But um, what did you do? How did you handle that when um, we did all this dreaming? I mean, you were like doing Pinterest boards and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So then all of a sudden the door was shut and it was seemed like it was a no from God. How did you keep your heart right in, in that? How did you not well, just get really ticked off at God and, you know, how did you do that? Well, I knew that if it wasn't from God, then I didn't want it because anything that is not from him, I you know, my life can't be blessed, you know, my career can't be blessed, all that kind of stuff. And not saying that that's what I want is just for me to be blessed. But I mean, that's a part of it. Um, so if it's from him, obviously, I'd want it. Um, and if it wasn't, I just, I, I obviously didn't. And you know, um, I told first service that it, it really is just that simple. Um, if it's not from God, I don't want it. If it's not from God, you don't want it. You want exactly what is from his hand that is directly to you to be put in your hand. Um, and I mean, that's what childlike faith is like, right? It's just a, okay, God, well, if it's not from you, then I don't want it. Then it's fine. Because obviously you have something that is better for me if it's coming from you, right? Yeah. Um, so how did you get from a no to now you own your own salon? And did you experience any negativity along the way? So the first question, um, remember how I said that I offered her something, she turned it down? Well, it was so funny. I was in the middle of doing a client, and I got a text from her. This was like probably a month later, and she offered me an even better deal than I even offered. Um, it was really funny because I went into the into the back room. I was, I was working at Simone's salon, and I went in the back room. I was like, hang on, I have to go mix more lightener. And like, <laughs> texted everyone about it. Um, well, my family, obviously. Um, and then the negativity, yes, I did. And it was actually from someone that I really looked up to, um, which really sucked. And um, 
just being completely honest. Um, and it almost made me not do it um, because what this person was saying made sense. If it if it all planned out to be like what this person said, my business wouldn't prosper. I would have totally failed. And um, so, but what the cool thing about that is, is that um, everything that this person said, um, God has completely flipped it. Like it's the complete opposite in a, in a good way. Like he's completely flipped it. Give us one example of what happened. So, um, as of right now, I'm, I'm in a plaza. It's pretty big. Um, and it's only me and a dental place that makes dentures. dentures. <laughs> and so like they no one even have patience. Yeah, they just make dentures. No one's even going in there. So, um, but the landlord told me that there was a Mexican restaurant going in next door. So I was super excited about that. Love Mexican. And, um, and so, um, this person said that, you know, the landlord keeps saying that, but there's no construction going on, hasn't been for months. And so I was kind of bummed out about that because obviously that will bring, you know, traffic in and stuff. And, um, but it was crazy because the day that we went to go sign or that I went to go sign, um, the door was open and there was construction workers in there and they were working on it. So, yeah, yeah. Give God glory. Cause that's only God. Um, you know, and, and, not, and not even that, now next door yeah. is going like a, it's an, it's art, an art studio, studio. kind of like, like a painting mm -hmm. with a twist yep. thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so um, go eat, get paint, have fun painting yeah. with a twist, and then go, go get, get your hair done, <laughs> you know. So, but, um, but no, that's so, that was so mind-blowing to us. And I remember you saying, um, Mom, I'm, I'm a little confused about this because that, that was only one thing. There were, so we could sit here and talk for the next hour and a half just yeah. of what God, you know, has done and what he's flipped around and all that. But um, I remember you, Hannah, saying I'm, I'm like kind of confused about, you know, this. And I, and I told her, I said, don't be confused because God, what he will do when he has something for you and it is for you, he'll hold everything else up before he will release it right at the right time just for you. you you know, and it wasn't just that. Um, someone had told you that you made all the Ocala people upset because yeah. they really wanted to buy the salon. And, you know, but, but what you don't know is that salon had been for sale for months. Nice. But um, that was another negativity. So many people had tried it. But again, if it's from God to you, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. He's going to get it to you. And he did. He did get it to you. Yep. So how did you make the decision to step out finally? Like, what are some of the practical steps, I mean, that you took? So honestly, I, I just prayed, um, talked about it with, you know, my family, my circle. Um, but I really just prayed. Um, and I prayed, you know, the same thing that you did, that if it wasn't from him, I didn't want it, and he would shut the door. Um, and the night before, I prayed, you know, and I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I, you know, obviously don't want to fail. And all I heard God say was, I've obviously got you. And that was it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you did have a little bit of a mental I did. breakdown at some point. <laughs> I had a point. little bit of a mental breakdown. Um, and I was actually on the phone with my, my boyfriend, Jared. And um, I kept telling him, too, I was like, I just don't want to fail. And he said, Hannah, you have a circle of people around you that are not going to let you fail. 
They're not going to let you fail. And it was funny when Simone came and saw the salon, she said, heck, I'll come work for you. What are you talking about? Like, we're not letting you lose this thing. Like, Yeah, and you said something key when you talked, said a couple of times your circle. And um, I think that that is so important, that um, community is so important. And what you need to realize is that Hannah has been planted in community here for 16 years. 16 years. When we first started coming here, she was six. People who have been here that long have literally watched her grow up. And um, community is so, so important. A, a support system is so important. Now, make sure they're godly. Make sure that you can go and get godly counsel. You just can't be Joe Blow off the street. But that circle of people that you can count on, that you can trust is so important. And that only happens in longevity. It only happens in longevity. Um, I need you to understand because she she talked about a uh, about her being really scared, and we're not talking about a small like suite, a small space. This is a sixteen hundred square foot building with eight chairs, and it, it literally like it was turnkey, ready to go. She didn't have to buy any equipment. It was like God said, here you go. Yeah. Open the door and go to town. It, it was crazy. I mean, everything was there, literally everything. But even though everything was there, you were really scared. Why? Because I was walking into it alone. I didn't have any other stylist. There's a treatment room as well. Um, I, I, I didn't have anyone. I was literally just walking in it alone. In a week and a half after being open, seven stylists. <laughs> yeah. So I only have one chair to fill. One chair to fill, and that's it. So tell us about um, some of the exciting stuff that is happening right now, and then also maybe some things that are that are coming. Yeah. So. Um, some of the exciting things that are fixing to happen, Matt Booker over there and his wife, Tracy, um, he is going to be doing Botox and filler at the salon. Um, and his wife is going to be my esthetician. She'll be done in like two days with how fast she's going. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and then I actually... You're talking about all the other stuff that's going on? Yes. So um, I actually just got a client. Um, she, her name is Michelle Jalaba. She is a professional um, pro bass angler. She's a professional athlete. Um, insane. She's like on the pro USA team. She's sponsored by Bass Pro, Mercury, Nitro, uh, crazy stuff. And um, so I... Just recently did her hair, and then she liked me so much that she wants me to travel with her doing hair and makeup for filming TV shows, events, all that stuff. So, And, and can I add on to how good God is? Because she said, I'll fly you wherever I am, and I will take care of wherever you stay. So, I mean, and I told her, I said, you realize this isn't normal. <laughs> like, this is not normal. This is, this is all, all God. You know, uh, one more thing that I, that I wanted to say before I ask you the last question. But, um, you know, Pastor Terry talked about, you know, a dream plus design plus decisions equals destiny. And each and every one of those um, 
are so important, but those decisions that you make, um, decisions that she made at an early age, I believe were building blocks um, that got her to where she is today. But can I tell you that if you haven't made the best decisions, that it doesn't mean that it's over for you. It doesn't mean that God cannot use you. I don't care if you're 70 years old, if God, if you have a pulse, if you are breathing, God has purpose for your life. And it doesn't matter what all of this was back here, all that matters is your decision now and how you move forward. So um, if you could say one thing to people out here, young, old, um, what would would you say to encourage them? Just pray, honestly. Ask God, you know, if this isn't from you, I don't want it. If this is from you, give me a clear sign, give me a clear yes or no. That's all I did. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, can we pray for her? Can we extend your hand and and let's all pray for Hannah. Father God, I just thank you for the woman of God that you... um have developed and are continuing to develop. I thank you for the opportunity that you have placed before her. I thank you for the platform, honestly, that you are building right out in front of her. And God, we just um, we just pray that you uh, would protect her heart, you would protect her mind, that you would um, that that the decisions that she would make, that she would seek you um, in the decisions. And Father, that everything that you put in front of her, that she would be a good steward of of what it is that you have for her life. Uh, we can't wait to see what all your going to do um, in the months, uh, years to come. And we just thank you for it in Jesus's mighty name. And everybody said, amen. So we've got to seek God continually. We've got to maintain a heart of gratitude and praise. We've got to allow God to promote us. And the fourth one is remember the dream isn't for you. Genesis 50, 20 says, it is true that you plan to do something bad to me, but really God was planning good things. God's plan was to use me to save the lives of many people. That's Joseph. God's plan was to use Joseph to save the lives of many people. And it says, and that is what happened. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It says the desires of your heart, not every heart's desire. Did you hear me? It says, it says the desires of your heart, not every heart's desire. When we delight ourselves in him, I believe we undergo a process of maturing in the motive of that desire. See, when I was, um, God reminded me of a vision that he gave me the first week that Pastor Terry uh, started this dream series. And I was sitting right over there and God reminded me of the vision that I got when I was very young that um, I had this vision that I was standing on a a platform in an an arena um, singing and speaking to tons of people. And to be honest, the motive and the desire of my heart back then was to be a professional famous country singer, right? But God had a better plan for my life and who he designed me and what he designed me for. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that it was going to look like this, Pastor Tim. I didn't ask for any of this. God just said, here you go. I need you to do this. And I was faithful and I just did what he put in front of me. See, while way back when my desire was actually to be known. He's matured me into that the dream all along was for him to be known. The gifts and talents he's placed in me are for others, 
not for me. And the gifts and the talents that he's placed in you are not for you. The dream isn't for you. Joseph was 17 when he was sold into slavery in Egypt, and it wasn't until he was 30 that he was made overseer, and he was actually 39 when his brothers first came to Egypt. It was nine years from the time Joseph was placed in power before his brothers came seeking for help. Think of the options that were available to Joseph. Had he have hardened his heart and wanted revenge, he could have taken it. See, Think of the options that were available to him. He could have acted in pride and demanded an audience with his father and brothers, humiliating them and forcing them to bow before him. But Joseph did none of that. He refused to act in the flesh and remained dependent on God. He kept his heart right. He kept it soft. My final question to you is, will you? See, the only reason that we can do any of this, the only way that we will grow, the only way that change will come to our lives is if we actually apply the word. We can come into this place and we can listen to the word and we can, we can hear it, we can be reading it, we can take notes. But all of that will do no good if we walk out those doors and we don't apply the word that we've been taught. We can be at home and do our devotions. We can read the Bible. We can even take notes in the margin of our Bible. But again, if we do nothing to apply the word, change will never come. The father had a dream for the son, Jesus, to redeem all of mankind back to the original plan and intent, to restore relationship back with the father. I was thinking the other day while I was driving, I was thinking about the teaching and all of the four points. And really, if we look at it, Jesus did all four of these things. He sought the Father continually. He constantly gave the Father honor. He never promoted himself, but submitted to the Father who promoted him. He knew all that the Father called him to was not for him. It was for others. Because Jesus fulfilled the purpose of his life here on earth, if you find yourself hopeless in him, there is hope. If you find yourself shackled to sin, in him there is freedom. If you find yourself alone and lost, in him you will be known and you will be found. And if you feel dead on the inside, in him is life. See, in the seven days of creation, when God created the fish, he spoke to the sea. When he created trees, he spoke to the earth. But when he created man, he spoke to himself. And he said, let us make man in our image. If you cut off a fish from the sea, it dies. If you cut off a tree from the earth, it dies. And if you cut off a man from God, he dies. When sin entered the world, it did just that. It cut us off from God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word that you have challenged us with today. And Father, I pray that you would give each and every one of us the grace, the courage, the fortitude 
to apply the word to our life, to seek you continually, to get into your word, to dig, not just to read it, not just to read a devotion um, every morning, but Father, to actually dig into the word and actually study the word. There's so much treasure that is hidden within the pages of our Bible that is just waiting to be found. Father, I pray that you would ignite in our hearts a flame that is so hungry to know you and to know your word. Father, I pray for each and every person here today who um, was listening and, and, and thought to themselves, yeah, I, I need to work better on that point. I need to do a little bit better. I thank you, God, that you don't leave us alone. I thank you that um, you walk right alongside us. You, you're not only leading us, you're, you're hemming in behind us and then you're walking right beside us. And at times, Father, you carry us. So, Father, I thank you that you are always right there with us, that you don't leave us alone, and that in our struggle, you are there to help us. So, Father, I pray for every single person here today that they would take a next step, whatever that is. And maybe you're here today, and you realize that the next step that you need to take is to accept Jesus. That when I talked about sin when it, when it entered the world, that it cut off man from the Father, and, and you had a realization right there in the moment that that's you, that you have been cut off from the Father, that, um, that you need a way back to Him, and the only way back to the Father is through Jesus. The Word says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that He is the Son of God, that He did die and He did raise three days later, that we would be saved. So I'm just going to ask you a simple question today. Is that you? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I'm not talking about do you know his name? Do you know of him? Have you heard of him? I mean, do you know him today? Do you have a relationship with him? Have you ever remembered that you said a prayer, that you prayed a prayer asking him to be your Lord and Savior, believing on him? If that's you and you can't answer that question, then I want to invite you today to make that decision. And if that's you today, if you need hope, if you need life, if you need freedom, Jesus is where it's at. Jesus is where you find it. So if that's you today, I just want to encourage you boldly, just raise your hand and make eye contact with me just so that I can include you in this prayer. I'm not going to make you stand. I'm not going to make you um, speak. I'm not going to make you do anything. I just want to simply invite you to who I know. Thank you. I see that hand, ma'am. I just want to invite you to know the Savior that I know who has brought me out of so much stuff that now I experience freedom and I experience love and I experience acceptance because of who he is. Is there anyone else in the room that you want to make that decision today? Thank you, ma'am. Anyone that's watching online, if that's you, if you want to make that decision today, it is the best decision that you could ever make in your life. You can't get back to God without Jesus. And someone has to pay for the penalty of sin. And Jesus has already done that for you. You just have to accept his free gift. Well, let's all pray this prayer together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer. You're going to repeat it after me. We're going to pray with the two that raised their hands that made a decision for Christ today. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. 
I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth right now that Jesus, you are the son of the living God. I believe that you died and raised three days later to give me life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come alongside me, that I'm not left alone, and that every step I take on this journey in relationship with you, that you'll be right there. To the best of my ability, I'm committing to you that I'm going to do the best that I know how to live out a life worthy of your name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.